Before we get into today's episode, most of you are probably aware that there's some controversy regarding J.K. Rowling right now. Uh, we just want to say we don't support her beliefs at all, but we decided to play and review this game because she had nothing at all to do with the creation of this game, and the hundreds of people who worked on this game don't share her opinions either. And also, we're game reviewers. Our job in making this podcast is to review big games and to tell you about them. And hopefully that makes it easier for you to make better decisions about how you want to spend your money and what games you want to play. We know this is a pretty sensitive issue, and if you want to talk about it, please reach out to us on any of our social media. With all that being said, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where three dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. I'm Chris. And I'm Garrett. And let's get into the news. Justin Wong versus Daigo. Did you guys not have phones? Yeah, you guys not have phones. Happy Feet. Mama, mama. 599 US dollars. Assassins. Creed Valaha. You're breathtaking. From Software finally announces development of the Elden Ring DLC Shadow of the Earth Tree, almost one year after the game's original release date. And now it's my most anticipated game of the year. If it comes out this year. There is no set release date. Destiny 2 sets a new concurrent player record of over 300,000 players on Steam for their new Lightfall DLC launch, beating out the original record of 292 when they became free to play. Reports have started to surface that the next-gen Nintendo console may be coming as soon as late 2024. PlayStation VR 2 launched on the 22nd, but already, a mass amount of players are reporting issues with their RightSense controllers, specifically the X and R2 buttons. Not a great start. That's it for the news this week, and back to you. Thanks, Garrett. This week on Hidden Doors and High Scores, we're reviewing Hogwarts Legacy, brand new action RPG developed by Avalanche Software, published by Warner Brothers Games. The game is obviously a Harry Potter game set in the Harry Potter universe, takes place about a hundred years before the events of the books that we all know and love. And you control a character that you create and you go to Hogwarts and you learn to do spells and make potions and do all kinds of things and explore around the grounds, which was my favorite part. And uh, yeah, there's like a whole storyline with your character where you go and fight some goblins and some bad guys and there's ancient magic and secrets and puzzles and all kinds of crazy stuff. This game is very wide reaching, I think. Uh, there is a little bit of everything in it. Yeah, I mean, God, there's a lot to talk about in this game because like Chris said, it's just there's kind of a little bit of everything in this game. This game takes a a bit of a shotgun approach. There's lots of little like mini games and lots of systems woven through the game. For example, there's this whole like beast capturing and caring and feeding mini game that you can get materials to upgrade your equipment with. Speaking of that, I want to say I really appreciate the amount of outfits that you can put on and how it costs nothing to just switch out your fashion. 
genuinely my favorite part of the UI in this game is the fact that you can equip something for the stats and then just change it so it looks like something else. Yep. Uh, that is amazing. Every game should do that. Yep. yep. It, both both fashion and function perfectly accounted for, yep. and nothing is lost on either side. I really appreciated that. But yeah, there. I mean, there's potion crafting system of gathering ingredients and making potions, and there's herbology where you're growing magical plants that you can like throw out during the combat and there's the combat stuff and there's side quest puzzle challenges that if you complete you get more inventory space there's bocce ball mini games there's flying on brooms mini games yeah almost every class hat introduces some new in addition to you learning a new spell that you can use in combat and in exploration around the world there is also some new sort of little mini game like bocce ball kind of game that you play by casting Akio and trying to get your ball to the right spot, which I thought was really fun. Yeah, so did I. And it's like one of the first things you do in the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as you get to school, like Akio is basically the first spell they teach you and you play this honestly pretty competitive game. Like I, you know, I was like sitting there going like, okay, when is the NPC going to miss? When are they going to not get yeah. the maximum score? And they just get the max score like the whole time. <laughs> but it kind of goes to show there's like, there's a level of detail put in this game where something that could be something, a really throwaway crappy mini game in another game, they actually took the time to make it a good fun game to play and then mm -hmm. bring it back later. So that there's like a whole side quest about playing the summoner's card. I think the progression in this game was amazing. They did a really good job of, you come in the school as a fifth year, but you never went to Hogwarts, so you don't know any spells. So they did a really good job of slowly teaching you spells throughout the course of the game where you always feel like you're getting something new, a new ability to do more puzzles with or better in combat. I was going to say, like, yeah, they slowly teach you, but it's not that slow. It's like basically every quest you do for the first, I don't know, 10 hours of the game teaches you a new spell. And sometimes it's just kind of a shitty little fetch quest. You want to do it because it's like, it tells you the reward you get for finishing it in the quest line, yeah, which is a thing I also that like I really that appreciated yeah. that in the, you know, in the menu system. Stuff like that was really cool because it was just like, you constantly felt like, okay, I can go do this and get a new thing. I can go do this and get a new thing. I can go do this and get, like, none of them are useless. Well, and I, I agree with that. Like it was, it was nice to know exactly how you were going to progress and kind of what you wanted to focus on with the quest. And also the other thing I was going to say about the progression system in this game that I really, really liked is that you can't progress by just like going out into the woods and killing a hundred spiders. Mm -hmm. um, the way you progress in this game, the only way to get experience is essentially by like completing either quests or like specific challenges that the game gives you, where yeah. like the game will tell you, hey, if you complete 10 of these Merlin trials, uh, you'll get a bunch of extra XP. And it's like, you can get XP doing that, you can get XP doing the main quest, but you don't necessarily get XP just for like going out and grinding and killing monsters. It's definitely not the best way to level up. The best way to level up is to keep doing interesting stuff and keep sort of checking things off of your to-do list. And yeah. not only do they give you experience, they give you different things. Like some give you different clothing apparel. Some actually give you more slots to hold more gear. It, it, it's great, but it also doesn't explain that right away, which I was a little confused on the Merlin trials, what they were doing. It doesn't explain <laughs> it until you 
run out of gear and yeah. you try to pick something <laughs> up. That's my biggest nit to pick in this game. <laughs> Honestly, that annoyed the ever-loving fuck out of me. When I get into this dungeon and there's chests everywhere and it's a pain in the ass to leave it until you get to the end and it's just like, oh, you need more slots, you need more slots. So I end up throwing away a bunch of stuff, which I could have gotten money for, just to see if the new stuff is worth it. And frankly, then I ended up just selling all the all of that shit anyway, because none of it was any good. And oh my God, that was annoying. Yeah, uh, as long as we're picking nits, and also on the subject of selling all your gear, you get tons and tons of gear in this game. Um, it's kind of got a Borderlands-y kind of approach, where you've got like four different tiers of gear, um, and they may have like a random... Um, bonus attribute on them as well yeah. as having whatever stats they are and whatever level they are uh, but you get tons and tons of gear and most of it like Chris said is just garbage um, and you need to sell it and it takes up room in your inventory one thing that I really was annoyed about is there's no sell all button it's not just like a click to sell you have, to, click. Like, you have to hold, hold the button yeah. for like two full seconds to sell an item so when you're doing that 25 items at a time it's a little annoying there are a lot of menu interactions where you have to hold buttons, and I hate that in any video game. Let me click the button. I'm trying to go fast. Yeah. Or at least have the option to go quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's tons of accessibility <laughs> options in this game. That just should be one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, for accessibility, I think this game did a great job in terms of being accessible, not only having lots of options, but also in terms of difficulty. I know this because Courtney, not a gamer at all, and she started playing the game on story difficulty, and she was able to like just totally breeze through the combat in a way that was frankly shocking to me uh, to watch. <laughs> uh, but like, it's because they made it a lot easier to like parry, so you don't have to be good with timing. Yeah, the windows sure. are like super long. The lower They're you go, really long. Okay, Basically, yeah. time stands still when an enemy is gonna attack you. <laughs> if you're just like, oh, oh, hold on, there's a thing up here. What does it say? Press Q. Okay, <laughs> Q, <laughs> and then you block the attack. Oh my god, uh, but which is great because yeah. she didn't feel like stressed out by yeah. the combat, and she was able to enjoy frankly, the best part of this game, which is just being a student at Hogwarts. Like, the theming in this game is absolutely flawless. I think it's probably some of the best theming I've ever seen in any game. It is totally immersive. Hogwarts it's, alone it's is absolutely amazing. How yeah. big they made Hogwarts and how all the recognizable rooms that you can go into, how yeah. you can see how everything connects to each other. It's so much fun just going around and just looking for the field guides because I just want to explore everything. You can spend yeah. 15, 20 hours just exploring Hogwarts Castle and finding all the secrets that it holds, the secret passages, the changing stairways, the hidden keys and, and hidden stuff is everywhere. All the paintings that are ghosts that are talking to each other and moving from painting to painting and the fat lady guarding the Gryffindor common room mm -hmm. and Peeves going around and playing pranks on people. Mm -hmm. Just everything about it is so spot on and feels so nostalgic and wonderful. Genuinely the best piece of advice I can give to people who want to play this game is don't use the fast travel system. Just run everywhere. Mm -hmm. because like there is too much of Hogwarts to explore to skip hallways yeah yeah and you'll have fun like you'll just be going on your way to something and you'll find a side quest or you'll find right. a secret room 
or you'll find a puzzle. There's a bunch of puzzle rooms. There, There's like walls that are hidden that will open up and there's a whole platforming puzzle room. Like it, there's so much. And like the thing about it too is this, use the sprint button. Your character is fast as fuck in this game. Well, you're and saying like, that after playing Callista this, Protocol. I'm literally, I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I was just going to say, I've only noticed this so much because I'm traumatized by Callisto Protocol. But this is a thing that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a thing forever in every game I play from now on. Your character is so fucking fast that I had to turn the sensitivity up on the controller to be able to turn tight corners fast enough to like go up spiral staircases. Your character is lightning fast and you don't have to look at the map either because there's a cool function where you can just like have your book kind of like guide you and it like makes this golden line in the air and you can just follow the line. So you can look up, you can look up at the screen and see everything around you. And that, that like is helpful for the exploring. You're not looking down in the corner at a mini map all the time. I really enjoy. I really enjoyed that part of the game. Um, just, just the idea of like having a thing that's like heads up, just having a better heads up display. They made it so easy to just like detour and check things out as you're going to your main quest right. uh, that it made it really satisfying and really fun to explore um, in a way that it doesn't feel quite so much like a chore to go check things off of the map, which I really appreciated. Also, when you're out exploring Hogwarts, you get to meet like a bunch of characters, both professors and other students. And I thought they did a pretty dang good job fleshing out those characters and, and all of their backstories and their side quests. Yeah, there was one that starts off as like a little fetch quest, helping this girl find her gobstones. But then you the dialogue options are exhaustive. They're like, why did people hide your gobstones? And then she tells you about this story about how good she is and how people hate her for always winning. And then you like get to be like, well, maybe you should win so much. Or the other option is, oh, that's shitty of them. Like, uh, I'll help you. And then you go help her. And then there's like another huge long dialogue once you finish the thing. And then you and then she keeps popping up when you do that. Like, and, and I will say, if you give her her gobstones back, she starts being nice to you around campus. If you don't and keep them, the people who pranked her start being really nice to you and trying to hang out. Yeah, with you. awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and the at the end of little side quests like that, there's often like two or three options. There's basically be super nice and give them what they asked for for nothing. There's ask for payment. Or basically keep the thing for yourself. And there's sometimes when you want to keep a thing and you're not being a dick. Like there's a person that's clearly trying to poach an animal that you get for them. And you can be like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give you that animal. And then they just get pissed at you because they were going to make a fur coat out of it. That's awesome. I haven't found that quest. But that's I, haven't great. Found that, I haven't found that either, but yeah. okay, good to know. But yeah, like this game definitely has like moral choices that it gives you along the way, but there's not like a Paragon Renegade system. There's not yeah. like a, an overall good wizard, dark wizard thing. It's sort of just you should role play it as much as you want to. Yeah. I'd say the most is you can opt out of learning the unforgivable curses or choose to learn them. That is the most kind of evil good. And then if you end up killing people with Avada Kedavra, like bosses, it'll change the interactions going forward. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Let's, well, here's the thing. You can choose not to, but come on. Kids, come come, come sit. Listen, listen to Uncle Chris for a second. <laughs>
Learn the fucking curses. What are you doing playing this game if you're choosing not to do that? I didn't. Garrett, I didn't. I was good. I'm wrong. I was good. I I'm not either. I refused. I just kill people. <laughs> I dodge things and I block things and then I kill people. I don't I, even use any of the other combat spells anymore. Now, did that make combat kind of boring? Because, like, I enjoyed the sort of ebb and flow of combat when you're, when you're, you got to dodge something and then you got to block something and then you got to take away their shield and then you got to pick them up in the air and then you got to throw them. And, or like, take their I'll weapon and throw it back at them, which is yeah, the Yeah, I love Expelliarmus. <laughs> it's so fun. I'll say this. Um, I really dug the combat in this all the way up to that point. Yes, it makes combat boring. But so kids, just come gather around, kids. Listen to Uncle Otto. But but <laughs> don't learn the forbidden curses because they'll make combat boring. And you're playing this game to have fun. You know what's fun? One shotting people. <laughs> Although I say I will say that is pretty good to theming. It it makes you all powerful to be evil, but it's just not fun. <laughs> it's the thing. Like it's it's fun to be it's an fun, underdog. <laughs> it's fun in a, no. It's fun in a different way. It's fun to be like, ooh, I'm breaking the rules. I'm murdering. Like it's like it's fun in that it's like entertaining to me personally. Just to be like, boom, you're dead. Oh shit, where's my one? Oh. Boom, you're dead. <laughs> I forgot I was supposed to be carrying this the whole episode. I've got my wand in my hand now. I gotta get mine out. Oh. I will say one of the coolest things in this game is you can make your exact wand. And they have the exact designs that you can get in all like the shops in Harry Potter world and everything. Yeah, and all really of neat. the wood options make your wand look exactly the same. It doesn't matter. So oh, yeah. just pick one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no visual difference whatsoever. But what if you got a certain type on Pottermore? Want. You need the same exact one. Yeah. <laughs> what houses did you all do? I did Slytherin. Uh, I can tell by the red. Gryffindor. And then we got Ravenclaw with the Chris's claw. Ravenclaw t-shirt. The, all the house rooms are amazing. And there's some slightly different variations to quests on all of them. I have read the Hufflepuff one is like the most interesting one because you get to go to Azkaban. Yep. Which is sweet. I mean, you you only get to go down a hallway in Azkaban, it's, but it's, it's still, still pretty cool. Still pretty cool. <laughs> Speaking of like just the quests generally, how did you guys find sort of the main story of the game? What did you guys think about, you know, side quests? A lot of them are pretty fetch questy, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason, I usually I would totally roll my eyes at it and totally be bored of it. But I think the world was just so fun that it's like, yeah, it's a fetch quest, but you're going like into the forest to get a hippogriff, and it's like, yeah, that sounds fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, you got to sneak into the restricted section of the library and catch these flying pages that are flying around. And it's like. Yeah, it's just a quest of go there and do a thing, but the world is neat. And so like that really alleviated a lot of the sort of annoyance that I normally have with fetch quests. And some of them too, like actually give you interesting stuff. Like there's one pretty early on where you like, you go on a fetch quest for the guy who sells like potion recipes in Hogsmeade to like, you know, this little hamlet and it's miles away. It's so far away. But when you get there, you, like, do this thing, and they, like, the reward for it is you get, like, the recipes for, like, the invisibility potion and this other potion that I don't remember what it is. And then you open up a shop where, like, there's some ingredients that you can only buy from that character that you fetched the thing from. So it's like, yeah, it's a fetch quest, but, like, it did 
improve certain aspects of the game if that's a thing you were interested in. So, I, you know, like the main storyline quests were good. I think it started very strong. Like the opening of this game, fantastic. For yeah, sure. That's what I was going to say. Um, but it does, it is just like generic bad guy. I have to kill the bad guy. I do like though how how the quest system kind of works in this game in the sense of they come up. It's not like, oh, you've hit one objective. Here's immediately the next objective. Like there is a little bit of time in between you like receiving you receive a letter from the person, right? To like do the next thing. And sometimes like random ones just pop up that are like side ones for the professors or something. And like, so that was interesting. So I just, I really, I really enjoyed the pacing for sure. Yeah, I think pacing for this game is is damn near flawless, especially because there's so much extra stuff that you can do at any given moment that you can sort of pace the main quest out as you want. But even if you're trying to do it pretty quick, the game like slows you down, essentially tells you, take a minute, go out, like explore the castle and enjoy this beautiful thing that we've created. Yeah. I will say there are collectathony things. The Merlin quest, I thought they were all going to be different puzzles to solve, but no, they get pretty repetitive. I'll say there's like six major different ones. And then, then they all just repeat. Which was yeah. a little bit disappointing, but like even getting in some of the d- dungeons, there's like puzzles to solve to get in. I think they yeah. did a great job with the puzzles in this game, except for when they just tell you the answer to the puzzle right away. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. does still have that problem that a lot of games have where it's like you show up to the puzzle and you're like, okay, let's see. There's two different levers here. Maybe you should and use Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I I thought most of the puzzles were pretty intuitive. They're pretty straightforward. They're pretty easy. But there was definitely a couple where I was like, that was a cool puzzle. Like there was some smart stuff. It took me way too long to figure out how to get in the eyeball chests. I can't believe it took me so long. <laughs> I, dude, I, I was like, I feel I like an idiot. I literally just figured that out. And it's like one of the first spells you learn. I know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they react when they see you. I wonder if I... Well, sure yep. enough. Yep. I'm so dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Ravenclaw for God's sake. <laughs> uh, I haven't finished this game yet. I'm about 30 hours in. Garrett, I know you finished it. How long would you say it takes just just to beat the game if you're if you're not doing a if ton you're not of doing side every quest side quest? Uh, I'd say it's about a 25 hour game. Uh, but I feel like in this game you want to explore. So it, it's going to sure. be like 30, yeah, gonna... 30 to 35 hours, probably. Boy, I feel like it's going to take me 50 to 60 to finish this I game. mean, to 100% get all the achievements, uh, it was about 80 hours for me. I probably won't 100% it, but I'm having so much fun just like looking for things to do. Oh, yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. I, I don't feel like I'm particularly close to finishing the main quest. And like I said, I've been playing for 30 hours. But I've been doing a ton of side questing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because I find it really enjoyable in exploration. Jumping a little bit here, uh, just to like graphics, I think that the world and Hogwarts look absolutely gorgeous. I think the characters look fine, but in terms of architecture and just like sweeping panoramic vistas that are all interactable, it's like Elden Ring in that these these big beautiful vistas. I would say it's even more beautiful than Elden Ring, but it's also the same kind of thing where you're like, oh, that's a cool looking tree up on that mountain. I wonder what that is. And you can go there. 
Like nothing is part of the skybox. Everything is is right. out there in the world for you to explore, which I think is really cool. The flying looks amazing. Like being able to fly through and it, everything is clear. It doesn't feel like the game is losing frames. I was going to say the first thing I did when I got the broomstick was fly straight up and just look at Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's gorgeous. It looks incredible. Yep. I just, you just fly in a circle around the castle, which is actually like how you learn how to do I mean, yeah, they thing, force you like, to do that because they they're like, that, look at like, this. <laughs> but it's, it's way cool just being able to do it on yeah. your own and, and then even after that now that you once you have a broomstick just at your disposal just to be able to at any moment just pick up and just soar up above the trees to yep. and just look out wherever you're going you know what it is it's fucking magical is what <laughs> it is yeah the whole game really feels magical in a way that only something set in this world can feel to any of us who grew up with it oh and yeah they just fucking nailed it I will say with the flying on a broom, it's just the superior way to travel. And you later on, a you're able to get like flying mounts. I don't know why they give you those second, because it's just I'm always going to use the broom because you have to get them out of your suitcase. It's a the whole loading screen. They're a little bit slower than the broom. It's it's basically if you want to fly in style, you fly. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about the music? Let's hold on. I have. Okay. One more knit to pick, which I think oh yeah yeah let's want to let's, do let's pick oh, I got any, another any more knits let's pick some knits <laughs> it's a thing that we've all talked about but this game is not optimized for PC oh, it's, it's probably a thing that will be fixed with a patch but boy does it feel bad like particularly inside Hogwarts switching floors is where I've noticed it the most where it like deletes the floor you were just on and has oh. to like buffer and load the floor that you're going to. I drop frames every time I go up and down stairs. Ooh. Oh, wow. Uh, I played on the PS5. I did not see any problems. So this is clearly a game that was made for console yeah. and they did a cheap, yeah. easy port to PC without optimizing. I was also dropping tons of frames and getting stuttering. Um, and I had to upgrade to 32 gigs of RAM. Um, and that, <laughs> that that solved it. Fixed the problem for me. Wow. But I mean, I'm running a 3070 and an i9, so yeah, you should have a 3070 <laughs> and an i9 and 16 gigs of RAM was not good enough. <laughs> oh, and running everything at low graphic settings. Oh my god, Jesus. yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, so I mean, I'm running everything at peak settings. I, I think I would recommend. I think Chris would recommend play this on the console if you have the option. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, so. And also, it's not a thing where like. It's not affecting the gameplay so much because it's really only happening when I'm sprinting up a flight of stairs. I, I honestly have just two more nits to pick. Uh, one of the things is when there's these little puzzles where you have to chase ancient magic. They're clearly designed where you have to like use Wingardian Leviosa to climb on this thing to get there. But you can just get on your broom and fly to the high point and just <laughs> cheap out of the puzzle, which I, I would hope that that wouldn't work, but it does. And then the other nit to pick is uh, all of the bosses only have like two or three attack patterns. Yeah, It's not that complicated to fight against, which was a little disappointing, but it's fine. Uh, I've only got one more nit to pick, which is despite most of the characters that you interact with in the game having well-written dialogue and lots of it, 
there are a few things or characters that you interact with all the time and they just keep repeating the same lines of dialogue over and over again. Yeah. The fucking flu powder lately, who's like, can you imagine how inconvenient travel was before I invented yeah. flu powder? Every that single line, time you fast you travel. You hear that line so fucking often. <laughs> it's infuriating. All right. With no more nits to pick, I think it's time we talk about the music. I am excited to do this. I am excited to hear why you're excited. <laughs> Tell us, Chris. The There are a couple composers that worked on this game, um, but the lead composer is a guy named Chuck E. Myers, and I cannot believe I've never heard of this guy before. I It is unreal what the, like the stuff this guy's been involved with. He did five dance dance revolution games he did all of those like disney type games that we were looking at before that avalanche studio was involved with he did all of those so it's like toy story 3 cars 2 and 3 he also has produced albums for simple plan coheed and cambria talib kwali hawthorne heights fallout boy he played the keyboards when the Dixie Chicks did the 2002 Winter Olympics opening ceremony. Uh, <laughs> this guy is everywhere. He's everywhere. I've never heard of him. I don't know how. Amazing. <laughs> so this was a, a big question going into this game, like when it was announced before development was done, was whether they were going to use the movie scores or if they were going to write all original scores and what they ended up doing was writing all original scores. Um, but I watched like a, there's like a seven minute long video out there. Uh, that's like a, like a behind the scenes. It's an interview with a couple people who worked on it, including Chuck Myers. And one of the things he said was that they were trying to like match the sound of the movies without actually using any of the score from the movies. So specifically like the, the track that's called um, ancient magic, which is the one that plays like basically the very beginning of the game when you're actually learning the ancient magic thing is a relative of Hedwig's theme, which is the one that everybody knows from the movies. Yeah. Um, so they like took that key and like that progression and just sort of switched it around enough where it isn't the same thing, but it sounds kind of like the same thing. Yeah, I, I was curious to know, because like when I was listening to this game, I'm like, well, I know that's not the main theme, Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter, but like the other song sounded close enough that I'm like, I guess those are from the movie. I just wasn't sure whether they were or not, which tells you they did a good job getting the getting the sound right. The word everybody kept using in this video was nostalgia. And I think they kind of nailed it. So it's very similar to John Williams' score from the movie soundtracks. It's it's all like entirely orchestral. There are big brassy sections during combat, mostly like boss fight kind of things or like the cinematics. There are light and stringy sections that are just like kind of ambient sound when you're out in the world, sort of like in between locations there is everything in between those two things. There's just a good mix of stuff all over the place. They did a good job of switching between those things, depending on exactly what your character is doing moment to moment. 
Yeah, I noticed that when I would go somewhere or be on a quest that was a little more like whimsical, the music was a little more whimsical sure. and fun and bouncy. Uh, and when you're on a, kind of a more serious quest, you get sort of those low strings. Yeah, they did a bunch of stuff with like fully sound development kind of stuff to do like sound effects for the magic. They used like basically just a big corrugated metal sheet and hit it with like a mallet. They like wrapped with padding basically or like they there was one thing where they were like sliding a drumstick down it and it makes this weird kind of funky noise they did all kinds of weird stuff but yeah it is mostly just like an orchestra thing and it's it's really good i honestly it is i don't think it's like on the level of god of war ragnarok for example that is like an epic score that really really elevates the gameplay this score is a good accompaniment for the gameplay, but I don't think it's on that level. I I will say it's not a it's not a song created for the game, but the the Baccarini minuet violin song that plays in the big open room uh, of Hogwarts. It just it feels so classy, so nice. I love hearing it every time I get into that room. Yeah, it's done by like the the enchanted instruments. Yep. And it's just it's a huge room, so it's just echoing throughout the whole room. Yeah, they did a really good job, not only with the score, but the sound design in this game. Like, the, mm-hmm. like, it, like you said, like there's you're in a big open great hall and it echoes in there and the voices mm-hmm. echo and it like footsteps echo and the music echoes. And then like you move out of that into like a narrower hallway and all the sound dies away. I think they absolutely killed it on the sound design. Uh, we go to final thoughts. Let's do it. I absolutely loved this game. I love playing it. I look forward to playing it. I am not a big fan of games that give you a big open world and say, go have fun. Uh, but this game had enough direction. It had enough side quests and and main quests and specific objectives to do and benefits for doing them that I always felt very driven to do the things uh, as I was out in the world. And I really appreciated that. I thought the combat was really fun. I think the world is just incredible. I think if you are a fan at all of anything Harry Potter, this game is, like I said before, it's magic. It's absolutely perfect in terms of capturing that feel, the feel of the books, the feel of that movies, transporting you into that world, everything in the world is giving callbacks to the books, to the movies, to, um, you know, everything that that has been created in that world. And it just sucks you in. It makes you feel like you really are a wizard or a witch going to classes at Hogwarts and going on adventures and being part of this incredible world. It's a $60 game. Uh, I think it's absolutely worth full price. If you don't want to support J.K. Rowling, buy a secondhand disc from somebody. <laughs> um, because this game is worth your time and your money. There's basically nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah, the the first five hours of this game, I just walked around Hogwarts because it was just amazing to do in a game. And with the level of care and detail that they put into it, it it's just amazing to be able to do for being a fan of the series for so long. And then finding out there's locked rooms with, that you need to learn to Lahomora. I'm like, all right, then the next five hours I'm going to spend trying to find that and then come back and just explore even more. This game's amazing. 
I loved every second of it. It does feel a little sloggy at the end when you stop learning as many spells, but that's fine. It looked amazing. I completely recommend it at what I paid $70 for it. Yeah, recommend it. Yeah, I completely agree. Don't have much else to say uh, that you guys haven't said already. Man, just getting your first look at Hogwarts and like this game just looks so good. It just looks so good. And like, I'll be honest, like there's a certain age group that this game is going to be it's going to hit you better than than other ones. Mm-hmm. It's our age group. It's the kids that grew up on the books and the movies and stuff. Like we're the same age as the actors in those that played the kids in those movies, yep. you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> this hits harder for us than it than it might for other people, but goddamn is it well made. And um yeah, I had no problem paying paying full price for the game for a game that is made as well as this one is. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Come and join us on Discord, where we hang out and play games like every night. We're always happy to have more gamers on the server. All those links will be in the show notes this episode. Lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend, give us a rating. Both of those really help us out, and we would really appreciate it. All right. Later. See ya. Bye.